Friday, September the 17th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, raucous reactions to AUKUS and the World Bank quits doing business. First, the world in brief. Australia announced it would start playing host to new deployments of American military aircraft the day after it unveiled a new security pact with America and Britain. AUKUS, as their partnership is to be called, obviates a deal that would have bought French submarines for Australia. France's foreign ministry decried it as a, quote, knife in the back and cancelled a formal event in Washington in rebuke. The shift reflects the three participating countries' interests in containing China's growing naval power. China accused them of exhibiting a, quote, outdated Cold War zero-sum mentality. An inquiry alleged that World Bank leaders, including Kristalina Georgieva, now the head of the IMF, improperly boosted China's ranking in an annual business report. The lender said it would discontinue its, quote, doing business report, which rates countries based on their business environments, after irregularities were found in the 2018 and 2020 versions. Ms. Georgieva disagreed with the characterization of her role. Hezbollah, an Islamist militia come political party, drove tankers filled with Iranian oil into Lebanon via Syria. Lebanon's acute financial crisis has provoked shortages of diesel and petrol at a time of rampant COVID-19 infections. Hezbollah says it will distribute the fuel to hospitals for free and sell the rest cheaply. The Lebanese government says it did not authorise the imports, which may contravene American sanctions. Wildfires in California reached Sequoia National Park, home to the biggest trees in the world. Firefighters have wrapped some specimens, including the 2,500-year-old General Sherman tree, thought to be the largest, in aluminium foil blankets to protect them. Giant sequoias only grow in the Sierra Nevada range. Though they have evolved to survive fires, many have burned this year. Italy's Green Pass, which shows evidence of either vaccination against COVID-19, a negative test result, or evidence of past infection, will become mandatory for all workers from October 15th. Any without one face being suspended without pay, but not sacking. Employers and staff could be given fines. Some jobs already require such proof. The new rules will be among the strictest in the world. A judge blocked the Biden administration from turning back migrant families at the Mexican-American border without letting them apply for asylum. The rule, implemented at the beginning of the pandemic during Donald Trump's presidency, was justified on public health grounds. A cluster of 9,000 migrants, most from Haiti, has been swelling rapidly under a bridge along the border in Texas. America's Department of Justice appealed to stop the bankruptcy plan of Purdue Pharma, maker of OxyContin, a highly addictive opioid painkiller. The DOJ argued that the deal's payout to people harmed by the drug is insufficient. The plan is also controversial because it grants immunity from future opioid-related litigation to members of the Sackler family, who own Purdue. 
And fact of the day, 3,100. The number of people who died of COVID-19 in America on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. The tally was higher than the death toll from the devastating terror attacks. And now, here's today's agenda. Preparing for the worst. Another pro-Trump rally. Police are beefing up security before pro-Trump demonstrators rally in Washington on Saturday. That means the return of fencing around the Capitol building, previously erected following the riot on January 6th, extra camera surveillance and an emergency declaration allowing Capitol Police to call for backup, even though far fewer Trump fans are expected than in January. Wary of potential violence, officials are eager to ensure Saturday looks nothing like January 6th. The fallout from that event is still ongoing. So far, more than 600 federal cases have been filed against those involved in the mayhem. At least 60 of those charged have pleaded guilty. Most cases are still pending further action. Investigators have also recommended disciplinary actions against six Capitol Police officers for their conduct that day. The House Select Committee is processing thousands of documents submitted last week by federal agencies and social media companies as part of its investigation. Any chaos on Saturday could complicate its work. When the results don't matter. Russia's elections. Over the next three days, Russians will elect a new parliament. But the result has already been decided by the Kremlin. With opposition politics banned, the media muzzled, and Alexei Navalny, the main opposition leader, in jail, President Vladimir Putin's united Russia is guaranteed a large majority. The fact that its poll rating is below 30%, according to the independent Levada Center, is a minor detail. The real drama of this stage-managed election is a brutal fight between the Kremlin and Mr Navalny, who is trying to mobilise protest voters through his smart voting system. Using social media, he called on supporters to vote for any established party other than United Russia. His team has endorsed candidates who are best placed to beat Mr Putin's favourites. The Kremlin responded by blocking any website associated with Mr Navalny's scheme and cracking down on his supporters. The stakes are high. Mr Navalny's life depends on his ability to show his influence. So does Mr Putin's power. Too big to fail, the Chinese version. Evergrande. Not long ago, the collapse of Evergrande, the most indebted property group in the world, was unthinkable. With some $300 billion in liabilities, the failure of the company, based in China's southern business hub of Shenzhen, would surely rock the country's entire financial system. But in recent weeks, a default has appeared not only conceivable, but imminent. Evergrande has warned investors of its potential inability to meet those liabilities. Consequently, an ad hoc group of investors in the company's offshore bonds have appointed advisors to help manage the crisis, 
according to Reorg, a research firm. Meanwhile, Evergrande's offices have been besieged by angry investors who bought financial products through the company. A bailout of sorts is the most likely outcome. But China's financial regulators will probably choose to favour the average folk that have put down more than 1.3 trillion yuan, $200 billion, in advances for new homes. Bondholders should expect less help. Britain's police in the dock. Violence against women. A government report published on Friday shed light on police shortcomings in tackling a worsening epidemic of violence against women and girls in Britain. It was commissioned by Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, in the wake of the murder of Sarah Everard, a woman in London, as she walked home on March 3rd. It has found inconsistencies across the country's police forces in how they deal with such crime. The report argues that only a radical new approach will protect potential domestic abuse victims, as well as identify and prosecute the most dangerous perpetrators, including members of the police. Wayne Cousins of London's Metropolitan Police pleaded guilty to murdering Miss Everard in July. Zoe Billingham, a senior officer, said that, quote, bad apples in the police need to be, quote, rooted out in the same way as ordinary criminals are tackled in wider society. Local police forces, worried about systemic failure, have committed more resources to identifying offenders. Footnotes Our Wall Street Correspondent on Decentralised Finance Adopters of cryptocurrencies are often viewed as fools, crooks or freakishly devoted. But as we argue this week, the rise of decentralised finance, a financial ecosystem that relies on blockchains rather than central authority, deserves sober consideration. Alice Fullwood, our Wall Street correspondent, was among those initially wary of decentralised finance or quote DeFi. The ideas of developers sounded so far-fetched and were cloaked in impossible-to-parse jargon. Were they simply overhyping or possibly obscuring illicit activities? Here are a few of the sources that helped to change her mind. In his in-depth essay, Stephen Johnson, an author, looks beyond Bitcoin, the original cryptocurrency, to discover some of the unique benefits of using blockchain technology, such as having an online identity not controlled by tech platforms. A spat last month embroiled President Joe Biden's infrastructure plan in the Senate after Republicans and Democrats knocked heads over cryptocurrency regulation. Ezra Klein, a New York Times opinion columnist, explained the role of cryptocurrency in politics and why we should start paying attention now. Chris Dixon is an entrepreneur and venture capitalist. In a video posted by TechCrunch, he described the advantages of building software that is not controlled by a single person or company. In another video, Dan Bonet, a professor at Stanford University, explained the foundation of blockchain technology and how it is used. Alice likens the level of innovation proliferating within DeFi to the frenzy in the early phase of the web. Even if it is pushed by ambitious zealots, 
DeFi could alter the architecture of the digital economy. In her research, Alice, quote, dove down the rabbit hole, a literary analogy that drove our choice of cover image by creating a MetaMask wallet and roaming around Decentraland and crypto voxels. Read about her discoveries here and follow her on Twitter. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Karl Popper, who died on this day in 1994. Our knowledge can only be finite, while our ignorance must necessarily be infinite. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 